1: Welcome back into the Gabe Coon Show, the inaugural week. And joining me now on the line is the host of the BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvath. Insider Calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines on the betmgm app also be sure to listen to the betmgm tonight podcast for more ryan on the analysis just search betmgm wherever you find your podcast ryan how are you man good to talk to you finally
2: yeah great to finally meet you man i've been uh you know i I like to be on right now with you a guy in the trenches that's played in the trenches because i think that that's what we're going to talk about especially when we talk about the philadelphia eagles but congrats on the new gig uh, loving the new show, and glad to be on with you finally,
1: man. Yes, sir, appreciate it. And by the way, I'm glad you're already noticing the trench battle we're going to have in Super Bowl 57. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Oh, Both those lines are uh, absolutely. rebuilt, retooled. They did a good job with them. Um, but I, I do have to start with with trade deadline news. And for our Memphis Grizzlies here in town, they make a move to go get Luke Kennard. But when we talk about it and put it into the perspective of of what Joss ja said earlier in the year to Malika Andrews on NBA Today saying, the Grizzlies are good in the West. The Grizz are no longer good in the West. Kyrie to the Mavs. Katie to the Suns. Lakers add D'Angelo Russell and role players. Uh, Timberwolves add Mike Conley at point guard, a little steadier. Clippers, Eric Gordon, and Bones. Hell, I mean, you look at the Pels. Pels add uh, Josh Richardson to try to sort of bolster there their bench. What, what do you make of all these moves and where the Grizzlies stack up in the pecking order in the West?
2: Yeah, it's funny because you know when Brad and I would talk every week, I'd say, I'm not worried about really anybody in the Western Conference. I'm more worried about the East because you have Boston, you have Milwaukee, and you have the Nets who are playing great basketball. I believe they went 18-4 and in a 22-game stretch. And then everything just, of course, in typical Nets fashion just right. goes to hell. Kyrie wants out. KD wants out. i got to be honest. I want to wait and see on the Mavs Mm -hmm. Uh, because let's see how two ball dominant guards work together because Jalen Brunson played really good basketball last year, just like he's doing this year in New York Him and Luca made a little run, but I think there's still a wing away and it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I feel like Mark Cuban made that deal because he had to get Lucas some help. He's hearing those rumblings that Luca may leave. There's billboards all around Dallas, Uh, you know, get Lucas some help. But I mean, I wish two weeks ago, my co-host, Trista Crick, she she had brought up, she's pretty connected with the league. She was talking with somebody that had mentioned that if Kevin Durant was going to get moved at the deadline, uh, that he was probably going to go to the Phoenix Suns. And I just didn't know what they'd be able to give up. But Cam Johnson was a hell of a player so far yeah. this season. But you look at that roster, man. You have DeAndre, and even if Chris Paul isn't what he was three, four years ago. Now you have two of the best scorers in the NBA and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the same team. I'm a little concerned about Phoenix, so that's the team that scares me most. I do like the little move that Memphis made. Uh, mm-hmm. I was talking about this with Brad. I didn't really want them to mess up the chemistry, mess up the rotation. Uh, I'm not full freak-out mode yet, but that Phoenix team is tough, man. That's a super team, so that's the team I think that uh, you got to watch out for now in the Western Conference.
1: Yeah, and I love people reacting to the Suns, talking about depth. Who cares about depth when that starting lineup looks the way yeah. it does? Um, but we talk about windows um, with the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies I mean Luke Kennard that the, in, in the grand scheme of things I think it helps them no question but it's basically standing pad I mean it, what do you think about sort of the window conversation when we talk about uh what they did is their window shortening with all all of the the stuff going on in the west I mean what would it have done if you would have given up some players or picks that have could have could have potentially uh you could have Shipped away for another potential star esque player, whether it was OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., Mikel Bridges. Like, what, what do you think about their window now with the West beefing up the way it is?
2: Yeah, and that's a great question because, you know, you look at this team and they're so young, you would think their window could be six to eight years, but we've just seen this in the league so many times. You know, that OKC team where we thought Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and, uh, you know, James Harden were going to be able to play together for years after making the NBA Finals, and then they were broken up immediately. But with Memphis, I still think they got a couple of years. I, I do think that they need to win one here in the next three to four years just because of the way that Ja plays. He's so explosive. Uh, you know, he gets to the hoop. I compare him to, I like the way that Derrick Rose used to play, and obviously, you know, the injuries came, but I think they got to win one here in the next couple of years, but as mm. long as they're able to keep these guys together, Jaron Jackson, obviously, and, uh, you know, Desmond Bain, then I think that the window's the next couple of years, but I just think, you know, so much has changed now here the last 24 hours where they were the favorite to come out of the West Now, I don't know. You know, if the Clippers were able to get a a Mike Conley or if the Clippers were able to bring in Fred Van Vliet, that'd scare me a little bit more. I really think it's going to come down to Memphis, and it's going to come down to, obviously, Phoenix. Because Golden State, I know everybody expects them just to ramp back up. I don't know, man. There's some chemistry issues, and now Steph's out. Clay isn't Clay
1: anymore. I think they could be in some trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, looking into the East, Nets failed big three of Harden, KD, and Kyrie, and obviously that's all done. Blowing it up, I know Joe Sy, and they had to make a decision, and Sean Marks had to make a decision behind closed doors about, okay, when is it time to move on and sort of close this window up? And they made that decision last night. Is, is that the, and I, I know that ever and never are a long, long time, but is that is that the worst sort of failed Big Three experiment ever?
2: You know what's funny? I went on social media last night when we got back, and I actually kind of defended it. So, yes, I, I think so. And I feel like, just like we've seen that with Brooklyn so many times. You know, we had the uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Jason Kidd, uh, Darren Williams, that little super team that failed. But, you know, you look at it, and... I'm a fan of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, I like the Bucks because I was able to cover the team, small market teams. But the Bulls are like a big market team that never does anything. Uh, You know, you get Dwayne Wade five years past his prime. You get Rajon Rondo six years past his prime. Then you you, you, you commit to Jimmy Butler and you let him go. So on social media last night I said, you know, I actually wish I had a general manager Mm -hmm. that would make a move like that, that would go all in for a championship ring. Because on paper, man, You had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same roster. Those are two of the best scorers of our generation. And I know not everybody's the biggest James Harden fan, including myself, but when he's right, he's really damn good. Like we're seeing right now in Philadelphia this year, finally. So I don't really like, I'm not going to crush him, but obviously it didn't work out, but at least you went all in, you know, because Brooklyn's always had that little brother syndrome to the Knicks. You know, everybody's at MSG. Everybody cares about the Knicks. Nobody ever really cares about Brooklyn. So I actually have no problem with them going all in, but man, did that end up being a disaster. And the problem is the guys they went all in for like Kyrie love him on the floor. Uh, He's a little nutty off the floor. KD's a loyal guy to his friends. That's what's funny about this whole thing. You know, they were probably in cahoots from the beginning. Like, Hey, let's both get out of here. But KD left one of the best situations in NBA history playing with that golden state team. He was the man there. They could have won two to three more championships, probably minimum. And he chose to go play with this guy, Kyrie, who, like let's look at the last couple of years, man. I don't really care about the whole vaccination thing anymore. But he wasn't there with his team. It was always something. Just ended up being a huge mess.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. There's no question about it. And I, I, it's interesting because I, I talked about this on Monday on my first show. It, it's less about, it's less about the sort of guys being over the hill. All three of the guys they brought in are still good ball players. Maybe James Harden lost a step. But, like, when you look at some of the failed big threes, the Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Lakers, the Steve Nash, whatever, uh, Dwight Howard, like, they were guys that were aging. This was all personality and ego-driven, and that's the, that's the part that's tough to take. Yeah, absolutely, man,
2: because on the floor, and also, like, the thing with the Nets was we could, we could kind of rip into them because they got swept by Boston, even though that was a really close series. But also, like, the year before that with Harden, I'm a Bucks guy, but I think they would have beat the Bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyree goes down, he gets injured, and there was a lot of bad luck. You know, we've done the thing with Kevin Durant's shoe size. If he just, you know, is one <laughs> step back, he hits that three, they beat right. the Bucs. They had a lot of bad bu- luck, and they weren't able to stay healthy. I think where it all went to hell for them, Ben Simmons. I think Ben mm-hmm. Simmons, I don't think Ben Simmons has a place in this league, you guys. I mean, a hell of a defender, Sure but nobody wants to play with them. You saw that at the trade deadline. His value was nothing, which is hilarious because a couple years ago when he was in Philadelphia, he was talking about how he wanted the team to build around him like Milwaukee was doing Giannis. Yeah, man, like you're just not the same type of player. So I think that's really where it went to. It just became a huge mess. Like you said, way too many egos. You have KD, you have Kyrie, you have Ben Simmons, you have James Harden, and then you have all these guys, these role players like Joe Harris and Seth Curry. It just, the roster didn't make a whole lot of sense. They needed defense, they needed rebounding, and instead they just kept adding more shooters and more scoring.
1: Yeah, and Ryan, the funny thing about the Ben Simmons situation is, you know, maybe his teammates don't trust him, but he doesn't trust himself! He doesn't trust himself out there on the floor. It's going to be hard for him to find a spot, I agree with you. Now, in the East, obviously most of the moves were in the West. In the East, I mean, unless you're moved by uh, Mike Muscala to... uh, to the Celtics, the big move was Jay Crowder to the Bucs. What does this do for you and the Bucs out of the East?
2: Yeah, so I think that that's exactly what they needed. I also think that they needed a better shooting guard. We saw that last year in the playoffs. Grayson Allen was excellent against the Chicago Bulls, but once he had to step up in class, he was a no-show. And that's the only thing, because with Chris Middleton not being 100%, Drew Holiday has been great. He's an all-star. I worry a little bit about Giannis's usage. So they needed some more depth in the front court, and that's what they get with Crowder. And really, they haven't been the same team. As crazy as this sounds, since they lost P.J. Tucker a couple years ago. They won the championship with him and Bobby Portis. They were able to bring back Bobby Portis. But that's really what they need. I think that's what everybody needs. You know, you guys see that. Like, I know Dylan Brooks, he's not for everybody. I love a guy like Dylan Brooks if he's on my team. And every team needs that guy. Growing up, I was the biggest Dennis Rodman fan. And I think that's kind of what Crowder's going to bring. Because you can't have Giannis always mixing it up. Because he gets in foul trouble a lot. But I think Crowder will add some toughness, some rebounding. He's a decent you know, decent shooter. Could hit some threes. I like that move for the Bucs. I still don't think there's a team to beat in the East, unfortunately, this year. Boston's just too tough. And I know I bought into them last year. But Tatum's playing on another level. I like that they didn't do anything crazy. I thought that that was nuts. I know how great Kevin Durant is. But he's never healthy. And Jalen Brown gets better every single year. So I just did not want to see them trade away Jalen Brown. So I like the Celtics moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Now on to the big game, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. We have Chiefs, Eagles, and you mentioned trenches already. But it's interesting. I look at the Eagles, and I I've mentioned that this this week, um, the Eagles were more complete team, and I think you could almost say that about anybody they played on their roster. I mean, when you talk about the the position groups, you take. Uh, when you're taking the Chiefs over the Eagles, it's quarterback and tight and everything else seems to favor the Eagles. Maybe linebacker sort of similar there, but what are your immediate thoughts on this matchup in particular where the Eagles are favored by one and a half point?
2: Yeah, so it's so tough to call right, because every year where I make my Super Bowl pick, I'm looking at the trenches. I want the team with the best offensive line and like You know, it's changed the way that I watch the game. I watch the game inside. So I could watch Jason Kelsey and, Lane. like, Lane's great, but Jason Kelsey is just a freak of nature. I love that guy, man. Um, So I think, you know, if you're looking at this on paper, you have to pick Philadelphia. Best offensive line, also best defensive line. But, man, I I can't bet against Mahomes. I took him last, or two weeks ago now, against Joe Burrow, even on one leg. Uh, Perfect revenge spot for Andy Reid. A bunch of narratives. You know, I just... I think when it comes down to it, like the Eagles are able to take away the explosive play. The area where you could actually attack Philadelphia's defense is on those short throws, one to nine yards down the field. They're like 25th in the National Football League defending those. So as long as Mahomes doesn't force and you know, doesn't try to play the superhero role, I think mm-hmm. he'll be able to move the ball. Like, I like Travis Kelsey, obviously, to have a big game because he always has a big game. I would expect Juju Smith-Schuster to have a big game with those underneath routes. I'm going with the Chiefs, but I know a lot of smart people. I saw a six-figure bet. We're at BetMGM. That's where we're doing our show, right outside the stadium. A guy came in last night, and he placed a six-figure bet on the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> on the money line. That'll and then do. he came back, like, four hours later, man, another six-figure bet on the Philadelphia Eagles money line which I didn't really understand what he was doing there, but a lot of smart money coming in on the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Chalkies uh, on this one. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I like the over, and uh, hopefully I'm not wrong. But, I, you know, we've made this like a legacy season for Mahomes, and all season long I've been on the Chiefs, man, because I thought it was the perfect buy-low stuff, right? We had people coming on our show saying, eh, maybe you could take a bet on the Chiefs to miss the playoffs because they're going to be missing Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's a great wide receiver, but he's a wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes is already, even if you're tired, you know, tomorrow, he's probably a top three, top five quarterback all the time. I know some some people think he's the greatest. I'm going to stick with Brady. I do not like betting against that guy. And we've turned this into a legacy season. Last week, it was a legacy game against Joe Burrow. It was Burrowhead. He was 3-0 right. against Mahomes. I just... I just think this is Mahomes' year, man, so I'm going to go
1: with the Chiefs. Understood. Now, you mentioned a couple of props within that that conversation. Last yeah. thing for you, what 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 exactly do you like as far as props are concerned? Are there any, any fun bets? We're doing coin toss over under the national anthem. What, what are we thinking there? Oh, yeah, I got it all for you. So we're
2: going to go opening kickoff to be a touchback, and we're actually going to say no. Opening kickoff, man, there's a lot of nerves right there, and we always see it. You know, the return man's going to want to take one out. Yep. So I actually said, I, I, I went with that one because it was plus 175. National Anthem, I'm a big Chris Stapleton fan. Yep. Uh, I have to go over. I always go on the over on the Anthem. Some player props that I really like, Isaiah Pacheco, under 11.5 carries. So if you go back and you watch that game a couple weeks ago where Mahomes has the high ankle sprain uh, against Jacksonville, and then you watch the game against Cincinnati, you're not seeing a whole lot of Pacheco because Jarek McKinnon is the better pass blocking running back. He's better in pass pro. So we're seeing more McKinnon. That doesn't mean he's going to get the touches. They also activated Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I like Mc- uh, Pacheco to go under 11.5 carries. And then another one I really like uh, Devontae Smith, anytime touchdown plus 160, and Devontae Smith over 4.5 receptions. If you look at the splits from when Jalen came back from that shoulder injury, He's not right, man. Like, he's throwing to the left side of the ball. That's actually where his splits improve. And that's where, uh, you know, you have Smith lining up on 70% of his snaps. And also, I know A.J. Brown's going to be a popular pick, but he's dealing with a groin injury. And Devontae Smith's actually uh, had more red zone targets here the last eight weeks. So I like him to score a touchdown, him over four and a half receptions, under on Isaiah Pacheco, 11 and a half carries. And uh, for the Gatorade bath, I would just go with the craziest odds, man. Like I want fourteen to one, eight to one. I'm not going to clear play too white, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. We got to we got to go with the, we got to go with the big one. We got to go yeah. with the home run there. So yeah, so something like that.
1: Yeah. yeah, orange and blue is too predictable. We can't we can't do all that. It's it's not going to work. <laughs>
2: oh, we we can't do that. And then another. Uh, let me throw out two more that I actually just bet that I really like because I. Uh, some big money coming in on these, so I think these numbers are going to go up. Total first downs in the game by both teams, 39-and-a-half. It's only minus 125. I'd play that up to 41. I think Philadelphia is going to be able to run the ball all over Kansas City. Uh, right. My favorite player prop, forgot to give this one out, is actually Miles Sanders. I bet it's 55-and-a-half. It's at sixty and a half and a half rushing yards. All week long, man, everybody that we've talked to loves Kenneth Gadenwell, and rightfully so because they're low totals. He's kind of been the bell cow back the last couple weeks. I think the reason for that is they've been saving Miles Sanders. Like last week, Philadelphia, let's be honest, they knew they were going to the Super Bowl because San Francisco didn't have a quarterback that could complete the forward pass. So that's why we didn't see Miles (laughs) Sanders in the second half. But I think Miles Sanders is going to have a huge game. So I like him to go over his rushing yards and then total first downs by both teams over 39 and a half. I think that's everything I bet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep. Well, that's good. That's great stuff, Ryan. Always appreciate it, man. We'll do it again next week, and good luck. Yeah, thanks, man. Next week when we talk, I'll be back in the studio, so I'm looking forward to that.
2: Thanks for uh, putting up with me coming out of my Uber and walking around here. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all good. It is it, it is it is absolutely insane here at the Super Bowl. I think I just saw Rob Gronkowski. Have a good one, man.
1: <laughs> all right, you too, man. Got to catch up with Rob. How about that? But that was the host of the Bet MGM Tonight uh, and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvat Insider calls, presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Now, I know there's a lot of other things going on today, but we do have to talk a little. Tigers, they get the win last night against USF. We'll be right back with that on 92.9 FM ESPN.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.